And the other approach I like to think about over pre-season is the funnel periodization approach, where we're working on um, all the foundations at the start of pre-season, that pre-Christmas block. Uh, we might be experimenting a little bit, some different tra- conditioning methodologies. The football coaches have tried some things with the, with the drills. And then as we're getting closer and closer to the season, we've got a better idea of um, not, not only the demands that we're getting from GPS point of view. Hello and welcome to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Each week I host live Q&As where I present on a topic to help footballers and strength and conditioning coaches with practical knowledge. Make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel to receive a notification and never miss a live podcast. If you're a returning podcast listener and you love the show, please show support by rating the show. It goes a long way into helping us reach more listeners. Let's get into today's episode. Make sure to stick around to the very end as I provide a free AFL workout and power tip designed to give you confidence and an insight into what it takes to play AFL. Let's go. So topic for today will be our periodization for Australian rules football. Um, so if you're a sports scientist and a strength and conditioning coach wanting to work in AFL, this is will be highly specific to yourself. But of course, footballers listening in, you're going to get some tips and tricks on how a yearly plan works in the AFL, how we use different periodization strategies to build physical capacities, i.e. your aerobic engine, your strength and power, um, but more importantly, align that with the coaches from a tactical technical point of view. Um, so I'll talk a little bit about that. Um, different periodization strategies that I like to use where with your different blocks over the year, so off, how that compares from off-season and then transitions from pre-season to in-season. Um, but before I get into the nitty-gritty of, of today's podcast, a quick shout-out to uh, for those that haven't registered for Ben Parker. The masterclass will be this Sunday, the 17th of December at 10 a.m. It's online, so you can uh, access it from your home, wherever you're living uh, across the country. Uh, it's going to be highly practical. Ben, I've seen the slides, the presentation, and Ben's not only explaining um, the, some of the science into why we want to eat a certain amount of protein, carbohydrates, um, but also he's got some recipes on exactly showing you how to eat, um, whether your goal is to gain muscle mass to optimize your recovery or ultimately um, uh, have peak performance and being able to prepare yourself for game day or your main training session in pre-season. So there's a couple of spots left, so make sure to register via Google search. If you search for Ben Parker Masterclass, the link will pop up. $50 for a ticket, and I also throw in a month membership on our academy. We have access to all our presentations over the last three years. But going into today's topic, if you are listening in live, uh, feel free to comment any questions uh, via the comment section on YouTube or for those on TikTok, feel free to send in some questions and I'll um, get to you as soon as I can. But I'm going to break it down firstly into our um, our phased approach when it comes to off-season, pre-season, in-season. And that's our macro cycle, which is just simply your yearly plan, periodized plan. Um, for from an AFL point of view, AFL men's that's typically your off season. Uh, we start in whenever your uh, season finishes. So if you're playing finals and you play the last week of September, your off season starts in October, and then typically um, players will return back. Is it the one to four year players will turn back in the middle of November? And the um, the rest of the players will return that last week of November. So that's when preseason would start. And preseason goes for typically four weeks, three to four weeks. 
till uh, Christmas. Then there's three more weeks of off season where there's no scheduled training. And then essentially from January, let's say 10th onwards, players are preparing for in-season. And then when they transition to in-season, you're in that season schedule, uh, which is typically with JLT, typically when practice matches start around March. So um, there's a, it's a long season for the athletes, um, but we want to make sure that we're not only preparing them to perform at their highest level uh, week after week, but also we're developing physical capacities um, for those younger developing players that are still growing into their body um, to be able to handle the uh, demands of the game. So from a uh, off-season point of view, the, my favorite periodization approach, particularly for those young developing players, so if you're listening to this and you want to get stronger, you want to get more explosive, uh, or you want to improve your aerobic capacity, like your 2K time trial and have more high-intensity efforts in, in games and in training, uh, then having a linear blocked approach works quite well because we don't have as many constraints um, when we're delivering the program, um, i.e. like the schedule, game day, um, travel, um, the coaches' plans with their training sessions, uh, all those sort of things aren't relevant in the off-season. Um, plus, we're not getting coaching time with the athletes, so it's best to keep the program simple for S&Cs listening in uh, best to keep the program really simple. It should be familiar for the athletes. So you're using perhaps uh, tempo-based running or time-based um, conditioning. So it's um, specific to them. If you've got training data, like the 2K time trial, which I've talked about in another podcast, using maximum aerobic speed to, to individualize their targets. Um, but you want to have a, a linear approach where you, you start with two weeks off. As soon as they've finished that grand final day, they get two weeks to do whatever they need to uh, recover and rejuvenate and then you're, you're essentially building them up towards two runs a week to three to maybe getting to four sessions a week if that's something that you do in pre-season. Um, so you're building up naturally just through frequency. Um, the, the Your uh, intensity is also starting at low, more longer aerobic, slower efforts and then you're building towards more high-intensity efforts, more um Agility, acceleration, getting the football boots out as you're getting uh, about three, four weeks closer to when they're returning. You want to start doing some agility, ideally, giving them some football drills, encouraging them to catch up into groups. So you're starting to go from that classic um, trail run, more energy system develop, aerobic work, to now suddenly a little bit more looking like the game when they're getting together and they're doing their training sessions. They're doing it on oval, uh, they're doing it in groups, they're doing some um, speed work, they're doing some agility work, change of direction, they're doing some football, and then they're doing their conditioning as well. So um, you try a couple of weeks out from preseason starting to transition them to preseason mode. You want to make sure you, you're giving them that structure that is practical. It's simple, easy to follow, um, but also it's transitioning them from off-season mode, getting them back into running, uh, giving them enough break to then tra- basically preparing them to, to play football. Um, so in that way, the coach is going to be happy. You've got footballers are returning into the preseason program and you have to build them up week one. They're already ready to be able to do small-sided games, some match play, um, whatever the coaches need from a tactical, technical point of view, which is always front of mind. The game's a tactical, technical game. We want to make sure how can we maximize that so how can we prepare the athletes for, so the coaches have the most amount of time doing the things that they, they need from a game plan and synergy point of view. Um, so, tactical periodization is something that essentially we, we 
prioritize the game demands. We prioritize what the coaches need, what the theme of the session is um, from a training point of view, uh, and we work back from that. So if that means that um, you've got, let's say, 10K of work that you want to get done and you're in pre-season mode and they do 8.5K from football, then we would reduce or or, uh, adapt the conditioning program around um, the volumes that you prescribe. So if originally you planned to do 3K of aerobic development because you feel like you needed that stimulus to improve their uh, exposure to aerobic work, um, you would naturally, if you've got a tactical periodization approach, you would be agile with that and you would adapt that to um, back off the volumes to be able to accommodate for what the football coaches need. So that's typically how tactical periodization works. Um, where you're prioritizing the game over perhaps your um, periodized energy system development conditioning plan. Um, so going back to off-season mode, we're, we're going linear, we're going blocks. So it's a little bit more um, traditional in the sense of what you would be used to learning at university level um, where we're um, essentially starting with moderate level uh, to low volume and low intensity and we're building it up each week until they return to pre-season. Um, and th- that's just natural by not only the intensity that they're running at, but also the frequency of just uh, adding in um, from two runs to three runs to potentially building up to four runs a week, you- your volume's going to pick up. And then from intensity point of view, having some form of objective prescription, whether it be breaking them up into MAS groups or, um, or having some form of target for them to be able to reach that's relevant to their running capacity. Moving over into pre-season, this is where now we've got a few different constraints that we need to consider. Um, So they are um, the schedule breaks, so mini breaks from an AFL point of view. That's something that the Player Association need to be able to fit into your program. You've got um, perhaps if you're working at community level, you'll have a fixed training schedule. If you're working in in an AFL level, the schedule is fluid, so you can adjust it. Some clubs train Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then they'll do a a top-up session on Saturday. Other clubs might train Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So it just depends on on your program. Um, Your your drills and conditioning prescription may be influenced by your training size and the um, squad numbers. So particularly, I know when I worked at VFL level at times, you might have 60 athletes at sessions. Um, it's going to be incredibly challenging, pretty much not worth uh, trying to individualize the conditioning prescription. You're going to need to put uh, athletes into groups and buckets that are relevant to their level. Um, and ideally that's with testing, but not every player is going to rock up to testing day either. So you're going to have to sometimes just go off the um your coaching eye and be able to put them in relevant groups on the fly. Uh, other things that can factor your periodization is what the squad needs. So um, having good communication with the coaches, what are the key areas of focus? Are they really wanting to get better with the transition game uh, and their defensive work rate? So therefore being able to, that two-way running um, and be able to uh, cover the ground um, from a uh, tactical um, positioning point of view, um, but also putting in the work rate um, to be able to win the ball back. So that's where you, your high-speed running is going to be really important, your sprint distance efforts. Um, so prioritizing that and making sure that you're listening to the coach's tactical plans um, and you've got an understanding of perhaps the demands of, of the coaching drills. Are they going to get a lot of that sprint and high-speed work in the football drills? Uh, and some athletes will, especially your hard workers, but there'll be others that will find ways to get out of it uh, they're going to pace it naturally um, so 
you, you, may, you may need to give top-up work to those that aren't getting the work in the football drills. Um, the ones that are getting plenty of work, those workhorses, you might need to give them slightly different. Initially, maybe they're getting heaps of high-intensity work, um, so therefore you, you might want to give them a little bit more aerobic work or whatever you feel um, they need from, from their position point of view. So that's where uh, as your squad size gets smaller, you can start to individualize to what the team needs and what individuals need to be able to um, develop in their role. Uh, and then, of course, playing style as well. So knowing how the coaches want to play, uh, having an idea of, of where, when you've got your squad of, let's say, 30, uh, where they expect um, who, you know, perhaps who's your most important 10 players. Um, so we want to make sure we're keeping an extra a close eye on how they're going, but also uh, from a positional point of view, are there players that are going to switch positions? Uh, and does that potentially change the demands of how they're training and how that how their game day is going to be? Because um, ultimately, we want to prepare players for how they're going to play and work back from that. Uh, and that's another aspect of the tactical periodization is that we want to um, work back from the game demands. So there's no point an athlete doing all this high speed running, um, but if but not but doing a little, maybe perhaps a low aerobic work rate per minute if that they're with the way that they play is the opposite. So we want to make sure we've got an idea of what's going to be the demands of the position the coach wants them to play. Uh, what are their strengths from an athletic point of view? Maximize those uh, and make sure the athlete's really clear on the drills that they can target from a conditioning point of view, from a football point of view, where they can um, transition their capacities they've built up over the off season into football context. Um, but also if there's some areas that they need to improve to be able to make sure they're going to make the 22, um, get a ticket to the dance, so to speak, then that's where they, you can um, really encourage them and educate them on the specific conditioning drills that you want them to uh, make sure that they're engaged with and that they're putting in their best effort every time you're programming that type of work. Uh, but they're the main drivers of your program when it comes to pre-season, so they're different things that we're thinking about. Um, I've already mentioned tactical periodization. The other approach I like to think about over pre-seasons is the funnel periodization approach where we're working on um, all the foundations at the start of pre-season, that pre-Christmas block. Uh, we might be experimenting a little bit, some different tra- conditioning methodologies. The football coaches have tried some things with the, with the drills. And then as we're getting closer and closer to the season, we've got a better idea of um, not, on not only the demands that we're getting from GPS point of view, um, we've got a better idea of how the athletes are tolerating um, certain types of drills and, and the outputs we're getting from that. But we've got a clear idea of which players can play in certain positions, um, the demands of, of how we want to be playing and the playing style. So as we get closer to that round one, um, the focus is getting narrowed and narrowed down the funnel. Um, from a, uh, from that tactical periodization point of view, you, you're super agile. You've got your idea of what you want to hit from each session. Um, both on the field and in the gym. But like I said, you're adapting it to suit the uh, technical, tactical aspects. So if they're having hard um, match play type sessions on a on a Friday, we want to try and replicate uh, our harder, harder sort of work in the gym and our harder type of work on our with our conditioning. Conversely, if you're having a bit of a, a deliberate down day from a football point of view, you don't want to be then going maximizing, doing hitting PBs in the gym. You want to have a down day on that um, on that gym session so that they're going to be recovered and in a good position to be able to attack the next football session. If you had a non-tactical approach, that's where if there's a light football session, you, you'd be thinking, okay, this is a great opportunity uh, for us to get some uh, big numbers in the gym or some 
um, big outputs with the conditioning, um, but that would be sacrificing the next session from a football point of view. So that's where everything should revolve around what do we need from a tactical, technical point of view, prioritizing that, and then fitting in the conditioning and your, and your strength and power work uh, within that so they're all um, there's synergy amongst those three key areas of, of the um, periodized plan. Um, so that's pretty much pre-season. Um, from a, like I said at the start, you've got your macro cycle, which is a yearly approach. Pre-season, you've, you've, you've got up to 12 weeks, so that's where we've got our mesocycles. Um, and that's where you can think back to that final approach. So we might be working on all qualities of acceleration, agility, max velocity, uh, aerobic conditioning, anaerobic work. So we're getting exposed to all those. Um, and then we're, we're starting to get more specific uh, at higher intensity but lower volumes of those as we're getting closer to um, the practice matches. So ultimately the athletes are conditioned. They know the drills. Things are familiar. Um, they've been exposed to 80, 85% uh, at maybe a few extra reps to work on the more the technical aspect of it. They've got lots of feedback. They know what success feels like, uh, perhaps using some video analysis during those higher volume periods. Um, and then now we're working on really pushing the boundaries and, and pushing at those max efforts as, you, as you're getting further and further down the funnel closer to games. Um, and ultimately in season, we don't want to be losing the work. So the intensity is the key. Um, as, you, as you've built up their exposure f- through higher volumes and, and higher intensity days, we want to make sure we're staying connected to that intensity on game day, but also throughout the week, um, particularly for those players that might be playing not AFL, but they're playing VFL. And what we know is that typically the, the VFL isn't, uh, the running demands aren't as high of intensity. Um, so we want to make sure we're getting those exposures to those drills, particularly those players that are going in and out. They're getting that in the in the main training session for the week, uh, and then you've got your your micro cycle, which is where we move towards in season. That's quite relevant, where we're focusing on more so on the week, the upcoming week, and we're in that micro cycle each week. Where because of game day, and that's where the tactical periodization comes in, um, where you're focusing on game day and you're working back from that. So you've got your recovery work, your fundamentals early in the week, heavy revision. Um, so the players have got a real clear sense of um, what went well, what did what could get better uh, early on the week. Um, typically, that's when we'll, because the athletes are still fatigued up to 72 hours of the game, we'll do more of your strength, uh, heavy lifting type of work um, because we can still work at high levels with that, with under fatigue, and it's going to help actually with that recovery process by stimulating um, growth and testosterone. Um, but also, we, we don't want to be working from a neural point of view that, um, explosive work as such because if they're fatigued they're not going to be able to get the same outputs whereas if we do that later on the week not only are we getting better outputs better training stimulus but actually from a um, research point of view it shows they can have a potentiation effect so doing some of that work that power work before their main training session helps break that cycle particularly for some athletes that really like it um, where they do that high intensity work thing like a high box jump or high broad jump before main training to switch that mode for recovery um, that they felt on Monday, Tuesday, if they're maintaining on Wednesday or Thursday, to now performance mode where they're gearing up to prepare themselves for the upcoming game. Um, and then we want that session to be high intensity above match sessions in, in the football drills. If they haven't got um, max velocity exposure above 90% in the previous game, we're getting exposed to that. If it's been a couple of weeks before they've been exposed to 95% max velocity, we get, we're hitting that on that main session. And that's going to um, prime them for the upcoming game. Um, 
like I mentioned with the tactical, we want to if we if we're going hard from a strength max strength point of view early in the week while they're still fatigued because um, we can still get good outputs under fatigue. Um, waiting for the recovery. So once the nervous system's recovered after that 72 hours, we're also working on more power after the field session. So more explosive works, maybe loaded jumps or loaded throws. Um, it's a shorter session in duration. The athletes, it's gym aware outs, they're getting competitive. They're leaving that session um, doing exercises that they naturally that feel more athletic, so they enjoy. Um, they're feeling better about themselves because they've just done the main training session um, the previous game now they're not feeling as much of that uh, fatigue um, so they're probably feeling not peak of their week but they're getting closer to that peak uh, and it's further enough from, from the game where they can really get after the training session um, so uh, that intensity of working on velocity based work after main training session really sets them up to feel like they're preparing well for that game and, and prime them for the, for the upcoming game uh, and then part of that uh, micro cycle in Australian rules football will typically be the day before will be a captain's run. Um, that will be either led by the players or the coaches. There'll be a team meeting um, to really highlight the most important aspects of what they're focusing on with the team that they're playing against. And they'll go out and do a couple of football drills, uh, ideally at a high intensity, at a match intensity to, for that skill acquisition and that mental um, focus point of view to prime them. And then for those that like it, there's an optional prime session where they might do some Olympic lifts or some med ball throws, or but it's low volume, maybe two sets of like three repetitions um, where they're working really explosively uh, and there's minimal fatigue. So it just helps prime them for that upcoming game 24 hours before the game. So that's a typical micro cycle from a periodization point of view and also from a constraints point of view. Obviously, we've got the game day, so we're working back from that. Sometimes they're playing Friday night, Thursday night, Saturday, Sunday, uh, so working back from the game will, will dictate when your first training session is and when your main training session is. Um, you've got your um, – we've got travel um, in Australian rules football, so travelling will, will take take a big impact on their recovery uh, and their mood. Um, so that can influence you know, how long we want meetings to be, how, um, how much complexity in the gym. Do we just want simple movements that they're familiar with or are we – or we started to bring in some new movements so that you say take these into account on how long and how much cognitive fatigue is going through through the athletes. Um, of course, their mental and physical recovery. So having some objective markers like using force um, plates to be able to get an idea of where an athlete's at in their recovery cycle, that, that's hugely individualized. Um, but understanding how far away the game was, how far you're into the season from an accumulation point of view um, and the demands that's been on that player from a stress point of view, both in during the week and, out, and outside of the week. And of course, motivation, which there's there's lots of different factors that will influence an athlete's motivation. Um, are they playing the position that they love? Are they out of the, in and out of the side? Are they the sub? Um, are they on their final year of their contract? So there can be lots of different aspects that can affect um, the player's motivation that ultimately will influence their energy and their ability to engage in the in the program. So I want to make sure that we're taking those things into account as part of the periodization plan of uh, how long do we want the gym session to go for, how complex do we want the movements to be, particularly now knowing that Fred's Bosch movement drills are quite a uh, popular thing at the moment in working on improving coordination um, and not just doing slow, heavy base lift, but actually doing more running-based coordination uh, movement patterns. Um, so knowing when to plan those sessions in in your week, taking into account those drivers of your scheduling. 
Um, from a uh, periodization point of view, we're not looking for so much from the capacity point of view, like that funnel approach. We're actually more thinking about how can we maintain it and get that exposure to those stimuluses and fit them in an appropriate way where we're not going to tip them over the edge with too much fatigue and affect our performance. Um, but also we're still um, pushing the needle and, and maintain those qualities because if you just fully move into a recovery mode, um, which was quite popular in the AFL over a few years ago, when sports cards came in and wellness was tracked and um, the, a lot of programs moved into a high recovery model um, where athletes were, were um, almost fearful of, of pushing themselves during the week and thinking that it was going to affect their recovery and put them at risk for injury. We now want to flip that where we have that recovery, lots of uh, recovery focus early on the week. It's highly individualized on what works best for that athlete. Uh, they have their routine, that cycle. And then when they get that main training session, they're, they're attacking that session and above match intensity to prepare them for the game. Um, and they're working hard in the gym as well at, with their max strength early in the week. And then they're with their power after their main training session uh, and some before the day before the game. So it's just knowing where to fit these things in uh, empowering the athletes that there's research that suggests that there's benefits to these um, and then the importance of building resilience rather than protecting the athletes. The game is chaotic. It's highly demanding. So if we've got that protective recovery dominant focus uh, all year round every week, you're going to lose your capacity in the work that you did in preseason. So come September, it's going to affect um, your ability compared to another club that is still pushing um, to not only hold and maintain qualities, but actually improve some of their qualities through uh, high intensity and lower volume exposures uh, to sprinting, agility, uh, and our strength and power. So still got that mindset that we're looking to improve uh, and hit some PBs in the gym and on the field, uh, but you're just knowing your moments, knowing all those drivers and different things in your schedule on, on picking your moments uh, in conjunction with the tactical technical program. Um, so other things take into account that I didn't mention before. I mentioned the day that game day falls on, but also the opponent. Um, so if it's a big rival game and you know it's going to be a super hot, contested, hard-fought-out game, the uh, follow-on effect of fatigue the week after that due to the arousal level that the athlete's going to have leading up to that game, the nerves are going to have to that game because it's high stakes, um, they're going to have to come down from that. Uh, and that's naturally where... Um, that, that cycle of athletes having high arousal levels with big arrival games and then the following week is where we can tend to see um, potentially the risk of injuries due to maybe poor sleep, uh, mental stress, or just or just simply just being in a vulnerable position the following week. So it's not just the physical things that we track that can put an athlete to see. It can also be their 250th milestone game. There's lots of different things that you want to take into account um, on how athletes tracking and checking in with them and ensuring that They've got tools to be able to manage uh, their individual different stress that they've got going on for each upcoming game that allows them to be able to stay in a good spot with their training and their preparation. Uh, so education is really key. Uh, from a periodization, like I mentioned, we're not really having that funnel approach, but we are uh, working in an ag agile and a highly tactical periodization approach. So it's agile in that it's individual to different athletes. It's agile in that the strength and conditioning program is adjusting to the to the needs of the team and the needs of the individual um, and we're not fixed at like a linear periodization block in the off season is where you might improve a max lift for 10 weeks five kilos each week you can get away with that in the off season in season there's too many variables and that that rigidity has its limitations so 
Um, being agile and having a weekly microcycle focus is quite important um, over in-season, um, while also understanding what's going on big picture uh, and having your periods of time where you might find you've got lots of eight-day, seven-day, 10-day uh, breaks with buyers where it's a good time to get some extra training load in. And then there's other times where you've got short turnaround, high travels where you get to focus more on recovery. So understanding you, your current schedule and where you're at in the in the in season to ultimately prepare yourself to get in the top four and be your best come uh, finals time. Uh, lastly, that I'll discuss is that um, monitoring and adjusting training loads. You want to be able to uh, tell a story for the coaches and the athletes. So ultimately, the sports science program is adjusting volume and it's adjusting intensity. So you can have a traffic light system. Uh, so for let's say something, a drill is contested, uh, red would be uh, low level contact, orange would be moderate, and then green it's let's it's go. It's it's like game day intensity. Uh, another way you could do it would be RPE, so like a zero to five light, a six to sort of seven is that moderate, and then eight plus is it's game day, it's high intensity. Um, or you just simply just have light, medium, and and high. Uh, so whatever works uh, with your group and with your coaches, but having that really clear communication that everyone across the um, club clearly understands. You don't have to have a strong data or background to understand that um, that terminology that you create. So set, creating that in the off-season and, and applying it, uh, sorry, coming up with the off-season and then applying it from day one of pre-season is really, really important so that athletes are clear on um, the type of session that both you can use on the field and in the gym um, is really, really important. If you're looking for references, I've added the references in the show notes. So if you're listening to this podcast, make sure to click the link to our website. It's in the show notes, so just click the description, and then you can find the references there. And there's quite a good article actually from AFL Geelong player, uh, Matthew Stokes, talking about some heavy training loads that they did when they were uh, in their premiership window, um, even though they were fifth on the ladder, to put in the work and the, the squad felt the effects of it. Uh, on the home away season where there was some negative effects due to fatigue, but they understood that it was going to pay dividends later on in September. So it's knowing where your squad's at. Uh, are they a young developing squad that's going to be more sensitive to high training load demands chronically compared to uh, a more mature group that's priming for that pre in that premiership window. So knowing where your group's at is really, really important um, from a squad point of view. And I thought that was quite a good article uh, there's also just some references that I've read over the years. So um, some an article for those that aren't into the, the science-y stuff. And then for those, there's three um, PubMed uh, articles for that um, backs up the, some of the uh, claims that are made in this presentation. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already. If you could please rate and review the podcast, that would go a long way. I've got some really exciting guests coming on the podcast 2023 was more broad in nature. We interviewed guests from different sports and different um, areas of high performance from a business point of view, from nutrition, uh, sports psych, uh, and then the different sports as well, of course, from rugby, soccer, NBA, NFL, college, all sorts. 2024 will go back towards more specific in the Australian rules football. So really excited about some of the guests that are coming on early in the year. Uh, of 2024 if you have any recommendations feel free to send them through to any of the socials or email me um, guests that you think you'd like to listen to on our podcast um, and um, yeah thank you for everyone tuning in 
uh, and if there's a topic that you would like me to present on, because I'm doing two-thirds of the content we're doing in 2024, will be me presenting for our Academy members, but also for uh, those listening to the podcast for our free public to air. So if you'd like me to present on a topic, whether it be sports science, training conditioning one, or for football is more for uh, physical preparation for AFL, I'm more than happy to please send them my way and I'll add that to our schedule for uh, 2024. Thank you again, guys. I'll see you on the next episode. Hi, I'm Jack McLean, an AFL football strength and conditioning coach, and I want to introduce you to the Prepare Like a Pro Academy. Our academy is a subscription-based platform where you can sign up to be a part of our community. If you get to the end of each episode of the podcast and are hungry for more, this is for you. Designed for aspiring AFL athletes and staff, you'll receive heaps of bonus weekly content. Learn who the guests are in advance and submit questions. Access to our Facebook group with Jack and other Prepare Like a Pro coaches. You'll be able to receive merchandise, program discounts and freebies and get free access to our live events, exercise technique database and much more. This is a great way for you to support the podcast and it helps me with production and release of epic content for you guys each week. Your contribution goes a long way in making Prepare Like a Pro community possible and just for $5 a week you'll have access to all of this special content released on our Academy forums. There's no lock-in and you can cancel absolutely anytime. time.